Today is also media Thanksgiving. And we're already in the mood to thank God. I, I asked them to do the recap of the messages because, you see, what God leaves with you is his word. Thank you, choir. It's his word. You ask somebody, ah, what was the service? How was the service? Ah, powerful. What happened? Ah, we danced. <laughs> no. A word. A word. A word of counsel. A word of admonition. A correction. In this camp, has God corrected you? Really? Yeah. A word. A man of God said something many years ago. He said, one word from God. One word from God. Change your life forever. So, in your walk with God, pay attention to the word of God always. Like Richmond said yesterday, when we look at the characters in the scriptures, if we do what they did, we will get what they got. Who are your role models? Who are your role models? The Lord gave us the scriptures and gave us the lives of people so that we will have role models. Jesus talked about blind leaders of the blind. That means the wrong leaders, wrong role models. Who are your inspiration? When I look in the scriptures, I find people I can follow. Those people are my inspiration. They are my role models. So when I look at others who did not turn out well, I know what to avoid. Because all the information is in there. Without reading some of these things and studying some of these things, you will not even know if you're on the wrong path. Like, for example, true, true humility means, this is the meaning of true humility. It means, I, have, I heard the word of God, I've seen the word of God, I realize I am doing what I'm not supposed to do, then immediately I change. That's true humility. So, when you study someone like Lot, and you see how he's going, and you check your life, and you are seeing similarities, you are seeing an accurate prediction of your life. I took my time to give you the progression of Lot. The Bible called him even a righteous man. At the time, Lot did not even realize that his life was going a certain trajectory that in many years, 
We will be reading to know what to avoid. I don't want my life to be that kind of signpost. With the person Lot was following, Lot had the opportunity. Amazing. Look, look at the kind of person he was following. He had such a great opportunity to be a great person. What kind of person he was following? He was so privileged that Abraham was his uncle. You know, sometimes we take for granted the things that God brings close to us. If they were far away, we probably would have cherished them more. But because those things are close to us, we tend to take them for granted. There are some people who saw me in, a, in Lagos just a few weeks ago when I went for ICOC. They could not believe they have seen me. Someone literally crying, tears, real tears. That they have, they have. One lady says, so you are real, like real. I said to myself, come to a positive, they are bypassing me every day. The father of faith, Abraham, was Lord's uncle. Took him for granted. He was walking with Lot. When the opportunity came for separation, he said, hey, I'll go. I mean, all this while, he probably must have been envying his uncle. Thinking, when I, when I start my own ministry in Sodom, you all know that not only Abraham can be rich. He ended up blending there. And we see all that happened. Barak. The story of Barak is so instructive and so beautiful that this morning I woke up and I thought it was a worship song. Why did you sit at home? That she for playing your shepherd pass. Yes. Has amazing conscience. I woke up this morning and I said, What is all this? An uneasy conscience. There's something about Reuben. Started from Jacob's time. He said, unstable as water, you shall not excel. In fact, no matter how we talk about Shah, Dan, they did not go. Let's leave them. But Reuben, there was some Reuben, there was second guessing. That's what the Bible said. There was, should we go? Should we not go? Should we go? Should we not go? The danger of such people is that 
They never get anything from God. And those are the people that, in quotes, have a good heart. Oh, they are good at, but they just can't really make up their minds to fully follow God. They are in the middle. They are just in the balance, like lots at the borderline. Ruben. As for Dan, he just went for vacation, so we just leave him alone. Samson, his consecration. Listen to the statement I'm about to make. Anything that is holy is rare. I need to understand the concept of consecration and holiness. What's consecration? Consecration is holiness. What's holiness? Holiness is not you trying not to eat. Holiness is not you looking ugly. Because now, Holiness and being ugly is like when you don't do makeup, you don't wear earrings, you don't wear chain, is that? No wig, is that? Yeah, with a scarf, the longest dress alive. And you are walking like destitute. As you are going like that, say, ah, this person is very holy. That's not holiness. And I said, in consecration, you don't only focus on what you have been separated from, you also look at what you have been separated onto. That's what will help you get the concept of holiness. What is holy? It's rare. What is, what is something that's holy? This is, is a simple definition of holiness. If you want to know what is holy, what is holy is what God has taken. Once a goat is given to God, that goat becomes a holy goat. You cannot use that goat for anything again. That's why I said, God is everywhere, but God does not light everywhere. When God brings himself on something and says that I have chosen this person. And I told you yesterday, I said consecration is in levels. Israel was separated from the world. But in Israel, Levi was separated from the other tribes. In Levi, the house of Aaron was separated from Levi. In the house of Aaron, Aaron and his sons were separated from the house of Aaron. Among Aaron and his sons, Aaron was separated. You know, so you can see that consecration was from face to face. So you see, when God picks something, that thing becomes holy unto him. So you see the, the construction. This is holy unto the Lord. Because God is a holy God. Once he picks something, the thing becomes holy unto him. It means it becomes separated unto him. What is holy is rare. So, the mini skirt is not the problem. But that you think or that you don't know that exposing it 
or experience some parts of your body, what, what does it do? It shows that you don't understand the cause of the holiness because you need to understand that every part of your body is what? Consecrated unto God. The places you go to, oh, like I said, oh, but it is not a sin. That is not the problem. Because if you understand that you are now holy unto the Lord and consecrated unto the Lord, there are some places you cannot enter because you are holy unto the Lord. You are separated from, from such places. I've told you before, you can be dressing very decent and still be very beautiful. It's in your understanding of consecration. And at what face is your consecration with God? There are some things God accepts in the beginning when you start walking with him. But as you keep going with him, you will never see some things until you put away some things. And I said, your calling will decide the level of your consecration. So Samson was not just one guy who was gymming. That's why he had strength. No. His might was directly proportionate with his consecration. I was talking to a, a dear sister last night. Okay, yeah, in the night, because we had finished the first session. She was like, when I was talking about how I went to the party and I was never feeling okay over there, and she was like, ah, say, exactly what happened to me. She said there was a time in her life, she didn't even have the desire to be a pastor, but anytime she was listening to some kind of music, she really liked those kind of music, but anytime she was listening to it, she felt within herself that this thing, she knew it has an expiry date. You can tell that this person, God's hand is on that person. He said, anytime, you know, like just like I was saying, I was trying to fit in with my friends. I thought something was wrong with me. She also thought, you know, uh, female friends always were sharing or they went. She said, okay, she will go with them. But anytime she went around and they were also, she just knew that this place is not for me. This was many years ago. Now she's a pastor. She had no desire to be a pastor. Holy unto the Lord. Let's switch it up a bit. We cannot discuss role models and heroes of faith and leave out Jesus. His life. His life. If we begin to check what is humble or what is proud, if it is by the standards we are using today, believe me, Jesus was sometimes very proud in our standards. Let me give you an example. They bring him a message from Herod. He said, go and tell that fox that I'm preaching today, I'm preaching tomorrow, I'll be ready on the third day. He's been arrested. He's before Pilate. Pilate is talking, it's not my name. Then Pilate says, don't you know I have the power to save you? He said, you don't have any power. He continues again. So why do we draw the line of humility and pride? Because now, what we think, humility, let me tell you, many people who think they are humble are not humble, they are timid. And many timid people are very proud inside. Many timid people are very proud inside. It's like, they are just, because they are timid, so they have to. But inside, like, like a guy said, the pastor was sharing a story with us. A guy was told to kneel down by a senior, and he knelt down. But then he said to his friend, I'm kneeling down, but inside I'm standing. 
Yes. There are many people like that. They are submitting by inside. You know? So how do we draw the line? So how do we know how to live? To try to stop to live a, a sinful life or a life that's not pleasing to God. Alright? By stopping it will never work. You will need knowledge of the spirit life. Living the, So the Bible says, walk in the spirit so that you don't fulfill the last of the flesh. So for you to say, I don't fulfill the last of the flesh, you walk back into the flesh. So I don't want to. Because that is not the focus. Romans chapter 8, from verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So the law of life in Christ Jesus has made me death free. So it took that law for me to be sin free. So walking in, in that path is like, is like saying, if I, I'm going to my, my apartment. Uh, if I sit in a car, I will never walk. Hmm? Am I right? I'm correct. If, and I'm confidently saying, if I sit in the car, I will never walk. Once I sit in the car, I'm not going to walk. But if I'm around, I don't want to walk. I don't want to walk. I'm walking. I don't want to sin. I don't want to do the wrong thing. I don't want to walk. 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 No, you are walking with style. But if I sit in a car, I will not walk. So it says, walk in the spirit. So who was Jesus? What kind of life? How do we say? Now, Jesus' sinlessness was in, was in three phases. And we say he was a man without sin. He was a perfect man. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus was a perfect man. He is the pattern of every man's life. When God looks at man, the most, the most perfect man ever to walk on the face of this earth was Jesus. So the Bible says that we should have him as an example. How do you have him as an example? What did he do? Let me shock you. How is it possible that the disciples of Jesus walk with Jesus three solid years when after working with Jesus for three years, seeing miracles, seeing all sort of things, when Peter saw how Jesus was being beaten, you can think you have faith until someone is being beaten. And the moment you identify with him, you are next for the beatings. I never blame Peter. I never blame Peter. Because even in military, they use that. It's called a scapegoat. They want you to change your mind. They will take one. They, they, they did it in slave trade. When people were trying to rebel, oh, they will not touch all of you. They will just take one. Torture him before all of you. Will anybody talk? Everybody is quiet. Very deliberate. So as Jesus was being beaten, the Bible says a little girl, a little girl said, you, you, I know one of the people that follow him. Peter says, way. Listen, so some of the movies show that Peter said, no, 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 no. Bible said he began to curse. Saying, woman, 
I know him not. Other than he said, he began to rain curses. If I know him, that should strike me. <laughs> After the first one. Then the second one, it was not getting heated now. So, ah. Nah. The day the woman of the issue of blood was healed. Well, you know that around that side. I'm from Samaria. Then he began to curse and to swear. I have never, never, ever, 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 ever. If I know him, God should kill me. Do you know what it means? The Bible didn't say he began to curse. He began to curse and to swear. And when you are swearing, you swear with something higher or something important. Peter said, listen, listen, all my unborn generations. <laughs> I don't know this man. The Bible says immediately the cock crew. Peter was so afraid. He was so afraid. But he's been walking with Jesus for three years. Because physically, walking with Jesus will not make the difference. I'm, going to, I'm helping you to understand the spirit life. So you can be physically walking with a good person and be very bad. So physically walking with Jesus did not change their lives. But ladies and gentlemen, in Acts chapter 4, after they had received the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2, something happened. In Acts chapter 4, when they were arrested, Bible says when they saw the boldness of Peter, they took knowledge of him that he has been with Jesus. Hey, how? But he, hadn't, he, hadn't he been with Jesus? Think about it. Hadn't he been with Jesus before he denied Jesus? So, that they took knowledge of him that he had been with Jesus was not the physical being with Jesus. It was the manifestation of the spirit life inside him at the time. The Holy Spirit is, 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 is the one who makes it possible for you to live the spirit life, the Jesus life on the outside. Listen to this. In Mark chapter 16, he said, in my name you shall cast out devils. Alright? In my name you shall cast out devils. By the book of Colossians, he said, whatsoever you do in word or in deed, I'm, I'm trying to help you. You do in word or in deed. He said, do what? Do it in the name of Jesus. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father. Okay, so think about it. So if, you're, if, if, if we are applying from Matthew chapter 16 and 17, it says, in my name you cast out devil. So in the name of Jesus, we cast out the devil. In the name of Jesus, out. In the name of Jesus, out. In Philippians chapter 2, I'll come back to Colossians. In Philippians chapter 2, he said that, wherefore God has given a name that is above your name, that at the name of Jesus, the Bible didn't say at the mention of the name of Jesus, because that is not what, uh, this, that's not what it, uh, uh, the scripture said. Christians don't understand the spirit life because they think it is by mentioning the name of Jesus. It is not at the mention of the name of Jesus, it is at the name of Jesus. I'll explain a bit. So, if we are casting out devils, say, in the name of Jesus, come out. But look at our man of God, Pastor Chris, when he goes to the healing school. He doesn't go to everyone and say, in the name of Jesus, come out. In the name of Jesus, come out. Out. In. Go. Come out of 
go. He is doing it in the name of Jesus. He doesn't have to mention the name of Jesus. What does it mean? Colossians. Did you just see that scripture? That at the name of Jesus. So go to Colossians. Whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of Jesus. All right? Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So he said everything you are doing in word or in deed. Does it mean when I'm sitting down, I'm sitting down in the name of Jesus. I should say, I sit down in the name of Jesus. I stand up in the name of Jesus. I give offering in the name of Jesus. What's this? The word name in Greek is not what you think name is. Let me explain. Do you know that surname, surname is a recent thing? It was not in history at the time. There was nothing like surname. So the word you have Jemima Ekele, Yvonne Agri. When men began to multiply on the face of the earth, they have to find a way for people to be identifying their names. So in Bible days, you will see the names is just one name. All right? It's just one name. But for the demarcation to be there, they have to tie you to your father. James, the son of Joseph. There was none like surname. So one of the ways they did that demarcation, I want you to notice, they did that demarcation, they tie you to your father. Or, they tie you to an identity. Or, they tie you to a character. So they, you can see that some families, there's a name, they have a name. And the name means something. So everyone who hears, they are champions, they are rich people. Are you seeing? So he said, their champions are rich people. So a name also means a character. So when he said, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do in the name of Jesus. It also means whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do it in the character of Jesus. I don't know if you got it. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, you do it in the character of Jesus. How would Jesus do it? I said, it is the manifestation of the life of the Holy Spirit. That's what, because the Holy Spirit is exactly like Jesus. So if you say, we are going to walk like Jesus and be like Jesus, we, are we going to uh, try to find out everything, every character, how would Jesus, would Jesus walk straight? Would, no, we, we were not there. So we'll not be able to know if Jesus walked with one leg. You understand? Or Jesus lifted his head. Hmm? We will not be able to tell that. But then, because of the Holy Spirit, the Holy can witness to us so we know that, okay, this one I'm doing, I'm doing it like Jesus will do it. There are some anger you express. It is not Jesus' anger. The leaders know. I can just be, I'm giving them an assignment. I can just be angry out of nowhere. And it is not a mood swing. They know. And every time that thing happens, it is exactly what God wanted to tell them at the time. It has happened countless times. They know what I'm saying. Let's say I'm giving them an assignment. If something is wrong with maybe organization or registration, I don't have the document to even know that something is wrong there. I'll call for a meeting. All of a sudden, I'm angry. I said, okay, tell me what's happening with this. Tell me what's happening with that. All of a sudden, I'm just angry. And once I start feeling like that, I know that this is not natural. Tell me what's happening with this. This is happening with this. I said, what's this? What's that? What's that? They will begin to solve it immediately. You know what I'm talking about. So there's some anger. There's some anger you want to express. And the Holy Spirit will tell you, this one is not God's own. Leave it. So you see that. Because Jesus, one time got angry. 
So it's not like be, not getting angry is, is what makes you a good Christian. Because people think that not getting angry is a good Everything they do to you. Everything. So Jesus Christ got to the temple and, and the people are selling. So he's a humble, gentle Jesus, make him out. No, no, Jesus got to the temple and he saw people selling. He took out belts, swa, swa, swa. <laughs> He drove, I would say, he drove them out. Now think about it naturally. How can one person drive all these people out? Wouldn't they bundle him and beat him? No. Because it was God kind of anger, there was a certain strength. He cleared the tables himself. Don't think he was just lashing people. Hey, come. Yes, yes, yes. No, 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 no. He got angry. All the, but those who were taller than him, those who were shorter than him, he drove them all out of the temple as one man. Babu never said that his disciples joined him. It was the manifestation of the spirit of might. Because it was God's anger. There are times that you, you, you have to hold yourself in because this anger you are expressing, it is not a holy anger. It is not from God. This anger is not from God. There are times you are going to pray for a sick person. By the time you get there, all of a sudden you are so angry. It is God's anger. So the life of the spirit, living a perfect life, all right, in the flesh, is walking this way. The Holy Spirit on your inside will be helping you to live that life. Pay attention. Most of the time, check it. When you have done things we are not supposed to do, you know that you clearly ignore the Holy Spirit. You know it. You know it that this one, you, you even decided, oh, Holy Spirit, I don't get into this one. The life. The life. Let me tell you a story. There was a guy. This is a true story. There was a guy. He was going to a place and he asked a friend to meet him. And when they were going to, they were supposed to dress in a certain way. But then he had forgotten to tell the friend not to wear a red shoe. Are you with me? Not to wear a red shoe. They got there. The friend came. He said, before he could realize, he said, why are you wearing a red shoe? But he had not even told her, don't bring a red shoe. Why are you wearing a red shoe? Now, this other person was also a Christian. She should have responded, Ah, but you didn't tell me not to wear a red shoe. She said, wow. Why? Why did she say wow? Because when she was dressing, the Holy Spirit told her not to wear a red shoe. She said, this guy just expressed what God was expressing. So, how do you know? Jesus, you could tell that anytime he spoke, you would think he's being proud, but he was in submission to the will of the Father. So, at the time, he was quiet when Pilate was talking. Not that he can't talk back. The only time he replied is when Pilate said he has power. And Jesus knows that only his father has power. So he has to reply and go back to default. <laughs> he said, one thing I've received of my father. Lift up your hands. You know, that's what something you should be doing regularly. Lifting up your hands and thanking God. Hallelujah. Receive. He said, one thing I received my father. He gave me the power to lay down my life and pick it up again. So you don't have that power. Now continue. You are going to kill me. Submitted. That's how you find true humility and true pride. You know it like that. There are sometimes people will say something to you. When you check from your spirit, you know that no, this one, no. 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 
I'll give you a few examples in scripture about Jesus. And let's see what manner of man was Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That, first of all, Jesus, go to Matthew chapter 11. First thing I'll need you to, to do is that, or to know is that, one of the first things that will always stop you from responding with, from the life of the Spirit is if you're afraid of people. You're afraid of people's comments, what people will do, or people will say, you always get it wrong. And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now, when John had heard in the prison the works Christ, the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? What a question. I thought John the Baptist was the one who baptized him. And he said that this is the Lamb of God who takes the sin of the world. Now, John is in prison and he says to his disciples, go ask him if he is a true person. This question is not coming from genuinely wanting to know. It was a question that came from an offense. Because Jesus was John's cousin. you see it in a bit. He was John's cousin and by um, John the Baptist colliding with Herod, he is in prison. And Jesus did not visit him. How can you believe? You seek honor one from another. Not the honor that comes from God only. People are so intoxicated with what people think about them. Look at it. Or we should look for another. You can see the tone. We should look, should we look for another? Are you the one or we should look for another? The tone is not a genuine question. Verse 4. Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do see and hear. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and poor up the gospel preach to them. He said, Go and tell John all these things is happening. Then Jesus said, He said, And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Why? Because John was offended. He was offended that Jesus did not come. But look at something. Verse 7. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitude concerning John, Who? Look at something. Jesus. Okay, look at something. What went he out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaking with the wind? But what went he out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft raiment are in king's houses. But what he went out to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among men that are born of women, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist. But look at something. What blew my mind the day I was reading this was, was that John was offended. Jesus said good things about John. That was one amazing part. The second amazing part that blew my mind is he waited for John's disciples to go before he started saying the good things. That means he was not saying those things to make them happy or to go and tell John that he was saying nice things about you. He made them go. He was not afraid of John. He was not afraid of anybody. Jesus looked at adversity. He looked at somebody accusing him. 
telling him that he is not the Messiah. If, otherwise, he would, the person was offended at him. He did not reply back and say, John, to go and ask him if he has the real Holy Spirit. He told John. He told them, he said, you came, you saw people hearing and speaking. But blessed is he was not offended. And when John's disciples went, he began to praise John. The same person who was offended at him. And he didn't praise in the presence of the people. I'll give you two more examples. The character of Christ. When you come to church, there are four things. Number one, the presence of God. The presence of God is a very beautiful thing. It's, it's a result of the presence of God that you see that people lie flat ground worshipping God. That's a manifest presence of God. Then there is the power of God. The presence of God changes you, but it doesn't change things. So you can be very sick and be in the presence of God. Shocking. You can be very sick and be in the presence of God. Worshipping God, everything. Every, you are worshipping God. You are adoring Him. You are feeling the presence. You are feeling the presence of God. You are in a place. People are lying on the floor. You can tell that God is in this place, but you are still sick. You are not healed. Because the presence of God changes you, but does not change things. The second one, which changes things, is the power of God. It's different from the presence of God. People mix them, so they don't really get to know what is responsible for what. The presence of God changes you. The power of God changes things. It's by the power of God that people are healed. It is by the power of God that devils are cast out. The third one, the word of God. Third one is the word of God. The word of God does not need a presence or a power. The word of God is a teaching. Most of the time, take, a, take for example, foundation school. You don't feel any power, but the people are changed. By the time they are finished class six, something has happened to them. Their commitment is different. So the word of God changes people. As well. The word of God upgrades their people. The word of God affects their mind. And let me tell you something. The word of God is more permanent. There are some people, they just like to bask in the presence. Oh, they like worship. When you start preaching, they are sleeping. But when it's time for worship, who deny our Oh! Then they are rolling on the floor from post to post. It's good. And they like power, healing, power, power. <laughs> People are, ah, the service was powerful. Oh, how? What happened? Ah, we're on the floor. <laughs> but I don't like the word of God. But the power of God and the presence of God do not bring permanent changes. It is the word of God that brings permanent changes. The fourth one that we get when we come to church is the character of Christ. And that's what we are talking about. Whether the presence, the power, the word. At the end of the day, if all this do not culminate in you now having the character of Christ, you never grew. We don't know if you are maturing spiritually by the size of your tongues or how long you are praying now. We know it by the life of Christ you are expressing. So I'll give you one example how Jesus dealt with offense. Example number two. What a man Jesus was. What a man. Jesus and other people's weaknesses. Luke 22. 
from verse 29. Luke 22 from verse 29. And I appoint unto you a kingdom as my father has appointed unto me, that he may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Jesus is speaking to them about the things that are going to happen in the end. Verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Why only Simon? Because Simon or Peter, he had a certain character. He was not stable. So he knew, Jesus knew that if the devil comes around, he will shake him up. He will shake him up. Jesus is about to die and the devil is going to come around. He's going to shake him up. He says, Simon, the devil, you have a weakness. You are weak. You, are, you have a weakness. You, you can easily swear. Now the devil has, he has desired. Jesus saw it in the spirit. And the devil has desired to sift him as wheat. That means he's just going to go away like that. So the devil has desired to sift you as wheat. But he didn't say. So try and make yourself strong. He said, I have prayed for you. How Jesus dealt with people's weaknesses that he prayed for them. He did not condemn them. He prayed for them. Have you heard? This sister is pregnant. And she's not married. It's all the times you'll see in the choir. Hey, people are doing things. One of the last time you heard someone's telling, you heard that somebody has done something, and you got to say, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. It's not, it's not, it's not a character of Christ. For us to be rejoicing about people's weaknesses. Have you seen that brother who used to dance in church? When they, boom, 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 boom. He has not been to church for four weeks. His life is not about dancing. No. Is he a, is he a joke? It's not a joke. I think, carry yourself together. Let's pray. Let's pray for him. Jesus said, Simon, Simon, the devil has desired that he will, he will sift you as wheat. He said, but I have prayed for you. Jesus did not condemn. He prayed for him. He prayed for him. So even when he went off, he came back again because Jesus had prayed for him. Look for somebody. Hold the person's hand. Just one person. You're going to pray for him. You're going to pray for him. Just one person. Except you are three on the, on the row. Just going to pray for him. In, in one minute, I'm going to give you one minute. Ask the person, is there anything you want me to pray for you about? And listen to the answer and you, you, you pray. If the person says, pray generally, then they're speaking to us. But if you really want a change, tell the person. Not too much details though. Just say, you know, I want you to pray about this and that and that. Because we're going to pray for somebody. But I have prayed for you. Pray for you. Now let's begin to pray now. Now pray for him. Now pray for her. Now pray for him. Pray from your heart for the person.
I pray for you that you never fall. I pray for you that you never fail. I pray for you that you never slip and falter. And you continually remain with the Lord Jesus till the rapture of the church. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I know God has answered my prayer. One day, one day, I had a story of a lady. I was talking with somebody. And this person I was talking to is someone who has never, she has not, never even, you know, dated before. She's never even dated before. So we had a story of another lady who is very audacious, but then has had multiple boyfriends. Some from church, some from outside church. Different stories. So this lady was talking with me and she said, ah, I don't understand how Christians can be doing this when, when rapture is coming soon. I mean, and I said, your journey in life was different. You don't know what the person encountered when he was growing up. That has made the person like this. I said, let's pray for him. Immediately this lady said, it's true. It's true. It's true. And she began to remember all the opportunities she had to actually be somebody like that. But she was just prevented one way or the other. There was some mercy from God prevented one way or the other from getting to that kind of life. And she said, no, this thing is not by might. I didn't do it by my might. Let's pray for him. And he began, we began to pray for him. Began to pray for him. Learn to pray for people. Don't condemn people. Learn to pray. Don't condemn people. Sometimes even your pastor. Because if you're probably the one standing here, they will carry you. I'm telling you. Because there are some things you criticize that you don't understand. There are some things you criticize you don't understand. You don't understand. Pray for him. Pray for him. Pray for him. When I heard that story of that pastor, that young pastor, See, so many allegations. Me, I said, 
I'll never judge him because you, you don't know what it is. My problem with him is that he didn't have any supervision. That was all. But that for the things he did, or they said he did, I'll never judge him. Because you don't know what it is. At least, I mean, shoes of that kind, so I know what, I, I know what it is. Don't, don't be quick. Don't be quick. Don't be quick to judge. Pray for him. I prayed for him because I look at the congregation and they've all probably scattered, of whom some may never go to church again. So, the Koyan neighbor would have been better he repented than for a word to scatter. So when you see that outrage from people, outburst from people outside, no, no, pastors are today, no, no, no. If they got into such position, what would have happened to them? We rejoice when people are restored. I'm happy as a pastor. I'm happy to see people who say, oh, I was falling off and I'm restored. I'm happy. Last example. Then we close. I have a lot to say about this one. So, but it's simple. Pray. I have prayed for you. Prayed for you. Third one. Jesus and recognition. Book of John. John chapter 2 from verse 1. You know the story. You probably just didn't see these details. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour has not yet come. His mother said unto the servants, Whatsoever he said unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water, that was made wine and knew not where it was. But the servants which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called. Now, there is the person organizing the feast. There is the governor of the feast. There is the bridegroom. So it was like chairman of the wedding. Mm. And the bridegroom. Have you seen it? There's a the chairman of the wedding and the bridegroom. The chairman has money. He is a governor. He is someone who, who is, you know, known or a good, a big man. Mm-hmm. Call, the bride, call the bridegroom. And said unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in the of God. Hold on. The bridegroom probably should have said, Oh, I'm not the one who did the wine. Jesus did the wine. He didn't say anything. And Jesus was not offended. Jesus turned the water into wine. They didn't give him the credit. Yet he didn't come out saying, Hey, 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 hey. It was my miracle. It was my miracle. Put my name on it. Jesus was not obsessed with recognition. You did. I tell people. You, you see, 
The devil uses these things to destroy Christians. You, maybe somebody's close to pastor. And you are the one doing the thing. But the person going to present to pastor, pastor, we have done this thing. But you did 85% of it. And your name was not even mentioned. As you are sitting there. But my pastor is also sharing the testimony. Wow. Where is that fellowship leader? Come, come, come. But you know that you did 85% of it. And you're fuming. <sighs> if I leave this fellowship, they, 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 will not, they will not be able to do things like this. You know, you know the sacrifice I put in? You require that recognition. It's not a characteristic of the character of Christ. Someone got it, no problem. At the end of the day, we did it. The governor of the feast, the big man came and said, ah, every man at the end of the feast, at the beginning of the feast, bring good wine, but you, 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 uh, you are bad. You are bad. You brought the best of the wine at the end. And the Bible never said, the bridegroom said, <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. There is a man inside here, Jesus Christ. And Jesus, the Bible says he was sitting at the back of the feast. I mean, Jesus attended the wedding. At the back of the feast, he didn't say, hey, don't give him the credit. I'm the one who did it. Jesus was not obsessed with recognition. The character of Christ. Character of Christ. Expressing the character of Christ. More and more, like Paul said, he said that Christ may be formed in you. In character. In personality. We're going to pray. If Paul said that my little children whom I travail in bed to Christ for me. That means you can pray. You can pray that you walk more and more in this life of the Spirit. So that as you are walking in your house, you are walking in your environment, you are walking Jesus. People cannot decide when you are angry. They cannot decide when you are happy. The life of the Spirit is as I, as I work in you. Be on your feet, let's pray. Let's pray. We're going to pray. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You are the one who's given me a song to sing. Oh, pray. Go ahead and pray. Your praise, you gave me a voice. And you are the one who's given me the, li the liberty to worship.
Father, we bless you. We are so grateful. Kakuna from the day that I'm, I was born till this moment that I have grown, all I've seen is your love and your faithfulness. Every year, every year you have been good. Every year, every year, we cannot thank you enough, Lord. Thank you for pruning us, for helping us. We love you so much, Lord. Thank you.